Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I'm here with Aaron Trahan. Now, Aaron's career as a senior level executive leader spans more than 15 years across corporate and startup environments. And as a young and driven and emerging leader, Aaron quickly scaled his career to become a senior executive of a billion dollar publicly traded company. Get this, before the age of 30. Now, his unique ability for growing organizations, for driving performance, and for helping others reach new levels of success has led him to develop a deep passion for leadership and performance coaching. He's a top 100 magazine recognized uh, individual. He's a top 100 entrepreneur and innovator. And now, after a career pivot... Aaron is leveraging his extensive leadership background and formal coaching training to launch his performance coaching firm aimed at partnering with other executive leaders. Well, Aaron, so excited to have you here. I was doing some research for the show. I just loved what I saw. So we're going to dive into some really cool stuff here in just a moment. But before we get there, just unpack the story a little bit for us. We kind of got the highlight reel, but what was it that really drove you through all of these changes? And and, and how did that ultimately lead you to make the leap and jump, jump into coaching? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the great intro, Scott. And uh, yeah, just a, a brief background on the origin story that's led me here to talk to you today and in the capacity that I'm in. And as you mentioned, leadership and assuming a leadership role for me came at an early age, 23 years old, was kind of thrown into uh, a sink or swim uh, type of environment. And Luckily, I was able to learn how to swim pretty quickly, uh, and that scaled my career to, you know, as you mentioned, eventually becoming a senior executive of a billion-dollar organization before the age of 30. And while that's the headline, what sits underneath all that is I'm confident that I made every single mistake there was possibly able to be made as an emerging leader during that time period. And that led me to what I refer to as my my pivot point. Uh, Marshall Goldsmith, a famed executive coach, wrote a book about this, and it's around the concept of what got you here won't get you there. And for me, that look in the mirror came at a very early age where I realized that through the success, the status, the titles, the money that was coming in, it developed an outsized ego. I became complacent. I uh, maybe stop being coachable. And I reached a point to where I said, okay, if I'm going to reach new levels of success, I've got to go back to the drawing board. What I'm doing that's led me here while successful 
that's in the rear view mirror. I'm playing in a whole different game uh, and I've got to elevate myself. I've got to get back into growth mode. And that's what really led the pivot for me to going out and finding some outside help in the form of a performance coach to help me see blind spots, to help me really target and fine tune those development areas that was going to be the springboard to my next level. And to make a long story short, what I identified was around people leadership. You know, becoming a leader at 23 years old, you know this, we don't come out of college learning how to lead dynamic teams and dynamic individuals. And so that's really where I dove in. I wanted to become the best possible people leader that I possibly could be. And that led me to uh, really a trajectory of an interest that emerged into a passion that developed into a purpose that gave me the opportunity about a year and a half ago to uh, launch my own firm to do it full time, work directly with leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to provide them what I refer to as an operating system that was missing from my journey. I, I really unpacked all the missteps, the failures, the uh, poor performance, and what led to them was lacking a, a operating system, a collection of habits and 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 models that could in tennis uh, language, remove the unforced errors that would accelerate the journey forward. So that's uh, that's what I'm now doing on a full-time basis. And um, yeah, couldn't be couldn't be more excited about the work that uh, that, that the team is doing. That's fantastic. Just had a, a, another gentleman on the show um, and, and he had a, a similar intro to yours. I want to unpack this with you for a moment because I know uh, uh, that, that this is center of the bullseye for you, but you talked about being thrust into leadership from an early age. And it seems like some people are just natural leaders and some people maybe don't feel like they're natural leaders. How do you, how do you, you flesh that out for us? Are we born to be leaders or, or not leaders? Or is it a skill that we develop? How, how do you help people walk through that? Yeah, I, I tend to lean on the side where, sure, there are going to be environments there's going to be people at a very young age, you know, as kids that may be exposed to certain things that would help them uh, maybe lead. But no, I, I think I'm a prime example of you're certainly not born to be a leader. And, and if you don't feel that you have that born capability, then it, leadership is just not the journey for you. I think that's a very fixed mindset approach. I, I don't think there was anything about my upbringing that gave me a certain environment, gave me a certain exposure to things that others weren't. Um, you, you couldn't pick me out of a crowd as an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old or even in high school and said, that's going to be a natural born leader. So I think we all have the capability, if we have the willingness and desire to put action behind it, yeah. to develop into great leaders. And I think for me, you could even, I even look back now and it's kind of funny that I, I talk back to some of my prior colleagues and it's like, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was a bad leader for you. I, you you got to see me at my worst. Uh, thank you for giving me an opportunity to help you now that I feel that I'm at my best. Um, so yeah, I, I, I absolutely feel that it's something that can be developed. It, it is a a capability that that can be grown. Um, and just like with anything else, if you're willing to put in the work, you have the drive, you have the determination, uh, and you're ready to take action, 
I think anybody can can develop leadership skill and capability. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now you mentioned this idea of an operating system, and and the work I do helping scale organizations, I run into lots of business operating systems. It's a, a relatively common thing now. Uh, but I, what I hear from you is something a little different than that. So tell, what do you mean by an operating system and and who sitting out there could benefit from from one today? Yeah, let me tackle the back half of that question first. And it's really anybody that is experiencing that growth to where they want to get to a new level. And, and a new level or the next level is going to look different for us all. And so it's going to be those leaders, those executives, those entrepreneurs who kind of are, are know that there's a next level. They know there's untapped potential and they're looking for a systematic way to get there faster than they could maintaining status quo. So really what this is all about is providing a system that gives you time back. Instead of going through all the things that I had to go through, essentially a decade plus of making mistakes, being reactive and, and learning from those things, we're all, we're, that's still going to be there. But when you can have a system that keeps you focused and gives you tools that is a forcing mechanism that drives continuous improvement, I think there are ways to get there much quicker than we otherwise would be there. And yeah, I think that's a great question because I don't think about this in terms of just disparate parts and, and siloed functions. Like, of course, having better goals, having accountability, you know, generating clarity, those are all good things. But if you don't connect it to an overarching strategic framework that accelerates your growth, then, you know, if you leave things up to randomness, the world's typically going to win because we can't be effective when there's too much randomness. And so what I like to bring to the table is a framework starting first with mindset that then goes into awareness, then into clarity with goal systems as being the fourth level and then accountability that sits on top, when all packaged together, working together, feeding off one another, almost like a flywheel concept, it dramatically accelerates the rate of growth and uh, being able to leverage untapped potential. Yeah. I absolutely love that because one of my uh, challenges with a lot of operating systems is they actually skip steps one and two. They, they kind of presuppose that they're there. And, and I like to borrow um, a, a concept from Jim Collins when he talked about technology as an accelerator. I find that operating systems do the same thing. They, they send you faster in whatever direction you're already going. And if we're not careful, we can, we can weaponize that, right? To either accelerate our burnout or to accelerate our boredom, quite frankly. Uh, and so I, I love this idea so walk us through like what uh, I know you talk a lot about a performance mindset. So let's just start there. What is a performance mindset and how does it differ from maybe a growth mindset that that many have heard about? Sure, sure. First and foremost, we got to give the credit where credit's due. I think Carol Dweck, the psychologist from Stanford's done a great job of bringing the definitions of a fixed mindset and growth mindset to the mainstream, right? I think just about everybody, most especially in the business world, understands what, what those are about. Fixed mindset, kind of thinking you're either born with it or you're not. Growth mindset, having the belief that, sure, with the right amount of time, energy, and effort, I can enhance capability and intelligence and uh, have the fortitude to overcome the obstacles. All of that's great. 
But what I noticed was those that claim to have a growth mindset, which is about, in my estimation, 70 to 80% of every room, every group, every team, when you ask who identifies with a growth mindset, about 80% of hands are going to shoot up. But what I then uncovered was, but when you really laser focus in on their actions, their habits, the behaviors, they really didn't look all that different than the fixed mindset group. And it kind of led me to discovering that thinking and believing won't take you very far. There was an action component that was missing. And that's where I kind of developed and, you know, what I refer to as the performance mindset is it's really the next level to a growth mindset. Growth mindset, thinking and believing is great. It's a great place to start. The performance mindset is having the willingness and the desire to actually invest and take action. So it's having that bias for action, that getting uncomfortable, leaving the comfort zone um, and doing the things that you know are required to grow. And I think that's scary for a lot of people is a lot, a lot of growth mindset individuals like to punt, like to say, we'll wait till next year, we'll wait till Monday, we'll wait for this and that, wait for the right time. The performance mindset group knows that it has to happen and goes out and makes it happen. So it's taking on that mindset of there is no substitute for taking action. Yeah. I was just working with a team, really, really exceptional, uh, really talented team, uh, just unbelievable, you know, multi-million dollar company. And we were talking through some just hard stuff that had to happen. Right. And they're like, oh, we couldn't possibly do that this year. And it's like this year, like that's a five minute conversation. It's a hard five minute conversation and it creates a, a lot of pain. But uh, I think you're right. I, I think that um, there is this, you, you, it's, not, it's not even fixed, right? To assume that a growth mindset is a fixed thing is, is where we go right back to that's a, another version of a fixed mindset. So with that in mind, what would you say are some of the hallmarks of a leader with a performance mindset? Yeah, I think the one thing is, is they they have a relentless commitment to continuous improvement. Um, what I've noticed in the performance mindset group from the other ones, they almost have this allergic reaction to anything even resembling complacency. They understand at their core that status quo doesn't really exist. There is Look, look around us, look at the environment, look at business, look at culture, look at society, look at our own kids. Nothing stays the same. Everything is evolving and adapting to some degree. And so if you are not, they almost treat this as I'm in decline. And so there's, regardless of what the resume looks like, regardless of the success, regardless of the money in the bank, regardless of the title, they're not looking in the rearview mirror. They're constantly wanting to find out what they're truly capable of. And so that requires an element of, and just a whole different level of being un, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. They're not afraid to fail, so to speak. They're not afraid to stay in a learning and beginner's mindset. And they do three things that I've really identified over the years is they consistently out-prepare, out-work, and out-learn everyone around them. When you have a performance mindset, you show up every single day relentlessly looking to check those boxes. And when you do, next level success is, is near guaranteed. I've yet to have anyone provide me an example 
of anyone they're associated with that outprepares, outworks, and outlearns everyone around them and their peer group and doesn't find success. So it's kind of this undefeated rule of law with the performance mindset. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. So you hit on a word that has been popping up a lot in my coaching sessions recently. And it's this idea of complacency, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and what I've found is that a lot of people, they don't really uh, separate complacency from contentment, right? Because those are two very different things. So talk to us a little bit. What What does contentment look like for someone with a performance mindset? Yeah, so I think you're exactly right. I think there's a major, major difference. And I think when we take the word contentment, that's being, you know, being pleased, being somewhat satisfied with how things have gone and where you're at. But where complacency comes in is almost kind of, it's a lowering of the ceiling of future growth. Where contentment is, yeah, sure, I'm not, you know, not unhappy. I'm not negative with the way that things have gone. I've, I've accomplished a lot. I've achieved a lot. But I think here's where the big separator is. Complacency doesn't have a but. Complacency stops there and it's like, okay, we're start listening to that internal voice of saying, Scott, you've made it. Look at what you've done. It's okay now to take the foot off the accelerator. Take it easy. Enjoy life now. You've arrived, my man. That's what complacency would says. Contentment says, yeah, we've had some wins. Resume looks good, but we've learned a lot. And from that learning, we know we've got so much more. There is such a deep reservoir of untapped potential. I can't wait to find out tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, what I'm capable of. And so I think that's really where the big dividing line is, is, complacency is almost that yellow light turning into a red light of saying, you've arrived, you've got it all figured out, chill, coast, to put it on cruise control. Contentment's kind of say, yeah, acknowledge what's happened. I feel good about that, but I know that there's so much more. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I think uh, I would go so far as to say you've not overcome complacency until you find yourself in the place of having had success, right? Of having to make the choice, right? Uh, you take the work uh, I do is brand new organizations. They have to close the next deal to survive, right? right? But then what happens is you start to get to this point where you don't really need to close the next deal to survive, right? You, you don't need. And so we move from this place of of just having to do to, to survive, which is hard. And I applaud people who do that. It is hard to start businesses and to get through that survival mode. But I found that folks really start to trip up when they get from, hey, I don't have to do this to survive. I, I, want, I want to do it to thrive. And you, you just touched on a point there that I, I wish more leaders would be talking about this because the cold, hard truth that everybody needs to acknowledge is that sometimes our current success can actually be the very thing that prevents future success. And you just hit the nail on the head if, if, and look, I'm a living example of that. 30 years old, financially successful, professionally successful. You know, when I started listening to that voice in my head, which by the way, I'm sure you talk to a lot of great salespeople, but the best, most persuasive salesperson on the planet is that voice inside of our very own head coming from inside the comfort zone. It will convince you 
to do everything to stay comfortable, safe, stable. And when you start listening to that, you will start thinking you've arrived, you've made it, you've got it all figured out. And when you think that, the second that you start believing that story is the second that that future success starts to become more elusive. So I think there there is this element of, and it kind of goes back to the key pillar of the performance mindset route, is being relentlessly focused on continuous improvement. Stop comparing yourself to the external things, even though you may be successful by external definitions, but are you focused on getting, becoming a better version of yourself yeah. tomorrow than you were yesterday? Yeah. And when you can stack that type of mentality and approach and just how you attack the day, and it doesn't even have to require this being in business. This could be, and I hold myself accountable to this, am I a better father tomorrow than I was yesterday? A better husband, a better a better. Am I better at my craft? I think it's just a mindset and mentality at which you approach life with. It's so true. It's so true. So we're, we're on a high note here. I wonder if we can kind of put a bow on things. There's a question I like to ask all my guests, uh, and it's this. What is the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret at all? What's that one thing that you wish everybody listening or watching today knew? Motivation is bullshit. And to unpack that, I want you to, I want everybody to sit back and think about motivation as one of your employees or business partner, and they had to submit a resume to you. Think about what that resume would say. I'm motivation. I don't want to work for you full time. I'm only going to be there part time. I'm inconsistent. So you never really know when I'm going to show up. And when you need me the most, look, I just can't be there. I only want to show up when things are going well, when things are exciting, maybe when it's new and fresh at the start of something. And so I wish everybody knew that if you think that you need motivation to perform at your highest level, you will at best be an inconsistent performer. Replace motivation with discipline. And a performance mindset is going to be that thing and that operating system that fuels discipline towards continuous improvement because discipline will be there for you every single day. When you wake up and you're dog tired from the kids keeping you up, you got a scratchy throat, it's cold outside, that bed feels so comfortable, motivation won't be anywhere near you, but discipline will be. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So uh, I want to make sure folks know how they can get in touch with you, you know, le- learn more about your various coaching programs. But before we get there, I've got one more question for you. I'm going to actually yeah. have you take your coach hat off for a moment. Yes. Have you put your CEO hat on, your your people leader hat on? What's the next stage of growth look like for your business? And what challenge will you have to overcome to get there? Yeah, you know, I think in business, there's a not so secret secret. And that is the leaders, the organizations, the businesses that find leverage are the ones that win. And so I think as business leaders, we're always looking for ways to find leverage, to generate more output with minimal inputs. When we can increase that spread, um, you know, the game's rigged for those that, that crack that code, they win. It's not a bad thing, but once you know that, you can now develop a roadmap to win. I'm no different. And so 
where I started my business was really around a one-on-one, high-quality, high-ticket size, um, you know, direct impact with professionals. And I'm now looking to scale that. And that's going to take the form of multiple different uh, channels in the form of bringing the performance mindset operating concept into leadership workshops where I can reach the message uh, to more groups and start impacting teams and organizations. And then as well as converting this into um, messages such as a keynote speech. And so really delivering the message of what a performance mindset is and how to leverage the operating system to accelerate growth, going from one to one, one to few to one to many and tapping into that leverage code that is undefeated. As a business, when you find leverage, it can generate more output with minimal inputs. You win. It's that simple. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, exciting times. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what this looks like. We fast forward to Aaron a, a year from now. It's going to be good things. But uh, there's folks listening and, and and just every word's resonating with where they are. They, they've said, yeah, I've done the growth mindset thing for a while. Maybe it moved them forward, but the, there's the next level that's waiting on them. How can they find more out about you and the work that you do? Yeah, two places. First and foremost, I, I would recommend you visit the website, which is performancemindsetcoaching.co. Um, that's going to give you a great deep dive into the methodology, into the approach that is the operating system and the five key levels that we talked about today. And, you know, you can build a five-story house, but if your foundation is weak, what you're really building is a house of cards. So it really helps you connect the foundation all the way up to the fifth floor. Um, and then secondly, I encourage everyone to let's connect on LinkedIn. I'm I'm, that's where I'm most active from a social media platform. And I'm always looking to share mindset, productivity, leadership, and growth uh, insights that I'm using on a day in, day out basis with clients uh, through my community there. So those are going to be the two places that I show up to the most. That's awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show today. Just an honor and privilege to have you here. And to those of you watching and listening today, you know that your time and attention mean the world to us. I hope you got as much out of this uh, episode as I did, and I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.